0: Curating, what does it mean to be a church that creates and curates, Um, which hopefully we'll explain and will come clear over the coming minutes. Um, And then we're going to be starting a new series in January on the subject of faith. Shouldn't take very long, it's a small subject, Um, not much to get into there. But um, we're going to be looking at faith in the new year, it just seems like that's the the next... um, Thing that God wants to talk to us about. God wants to explore with us. God wants to stir in us. So that's what we're going to be moving on to. But what I wanted to talk about this morning was this, um, was this Christmas story. This scene that we see shaped out, actually only by piecing different scriptures from different gospels together, but we see this scene shaped out that is very familiar to us of Mary and Joseph in a stable or in a barn or in a back shed or in a, in a something that's a little bit dirty with the animals because the innkeeper didn't have space, we assume it doesn't. Go into very much detail in that in the scriptures, but this is the what our understanding has developed that it didn't have much space, but he found space and he made space. And the shepherds were told by the angels and they ran down from the hills, and the wise men travelled from the east for a long time, because the stars foretold what was happening. And we see this scene, very familiar scene of Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the angels and the animals all gathered around the baby Jesus, God with us, God in flesh, God incarnate. And it's a very familiar scene. And one I think that we can take for granted, but there's some things that I want to pull out from this story that talk about how we as church are called to create and curate and some of the things that we're called to create and curate. So I want to start with the innkeeper. This guy is having a busy day census is going on, the town's flooded with people, there's, he's probably got all sorts of demands on him. And he's, you know, he's full. He's probably told a bunch of people already that he's full, there's no room, it's on your way. But there's something about this guy that means that when he's confronted with Mary and Joseph, maybe his heart's filled with compassion, maybe his, his spirit is stirred. And he doesn't just... Stick to the standard line of "Oh, we're full." Sorry, there's no room. On your way. I'm busy enough. I've got too much going on. Do you know how busy it is? This is a busy time of year. This is crazy. I haven't got any time. On your way. And what he does is he creates space for them. He sees them in the middle of the busyness, in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of the chaos and and the all sorts of things that he has to sort out and get, and get organized and, and manage, all the things he has to curate, which is to organize, to present, to um, manage, to um, care for, to tend to. But he makes space. He creates space where there wasn't any space. He creates space. And in that space we see this very famous scene develop. So what does it look like for us to be people who create space? Instead of being too busy all the time in our frantic and chaotic lives, with our lists and lists and lists of things that have to be done, shopping lists and cleaning lists, and I don't know how many lists you have in our, your house, we have quite a lot of lists in our house. and. Um, and there's lots of lists, and there's lots of things, and we have schedules, and we have all sorts of people coming around, and the, the hosting list in our family over Christmas and New Year is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. People arriving, leaving every day. You know, I think next weekend we've got 17 or 18 people around. Like It's, it's madness. How do we create space? How do we create space in our lives? How do we create space in our spirits? How do we create space for 17 or 18 people? How do we create space for all those people to sleep all through? How do we create space in our hospitality? How do we create space? How do we create space? Because the innkeeper managed, in the middle of everything that was going on, in the middle of the rush, he managed to see what God was up to, and he created space for it. How do we do that? And then there's the and then there's a scene, isn't there? There's the shepherds. And the shepherds are interesting interesting dynamic going on with the shepherds. The shepherds are tending to the sheep and the lambs that are special sheep and lambs. Because these are the sheep and the lambs that are being prepared for the sacrifice. If you want to make a sacrifice in the temple in Jerusalem, which is just up the road, then these are the sheep and lambs that you need to buy to make those sacrifices. They are tending to these sheep, the sacrificial lambs and sheep, which is prophetic because Jesus says, when Jesus' death is says that there, there is no longer any need for the sacrificial system. And it's the angels that go to these shepherds first. But what's also interesting about these shepherds is, even though they're intrinsic to the religious system, intrinsic to the sacrificial system, they're not allowed to partake of it themselves because they're unclean, they're dirty, they're not good enough. How ironic. And this space that is created creates space for the not good enoughs and the unclean the disgusting and the reprehensible, the filthy. They're included. The other people included are the wise men, the three kings, however we want to refer to them. And when that's really interesting as well, there's a few things that are interesting about this. Firstly. These guys have come from a distance. They're not Jewish. And yet they're included. In fact, they're astrologers and stargazers and... Sort of people you might go, oh, I mean, they're into all sorts of crazy stuff. They don't believe stuff. I mean, we don't believe that stuff. I mean, there's no room for them in this sort of space, is there? I mean, God, God must be really disgusted with these people who look at the stars for to lead them in some way as to how they should live their lives and what they should do. But isn't it interesting that God met them right in the middle of where they were at and said, if it's stars that you look to, then it's stars that I'll show you. You're invited. These outsiders, these people from a long distance, these people who aren't part of the religious in crowd at all, it's an entirely different Crowd altogether, and we see this gathering of the not good enoughs and the outsiders and the others, people from other countries. And we see this gathering. The other thing that's really interesting about the wise men is they come from the east. You might go, well, that's I mean, why is that interesting, Adam? I don't know. Why is that interesting? Is that just isn't that just a geographical point? Well, no, it's not because I think what we're being told there by the Writers of the Bible, if you go right back to Genesis, when Adam and Eve sin, in this story that we see at the beginning of Genesis, and Adam and Eve eat the apple and they sin, and they're sent out of the garden, saying, You can't be in God's presence anymore. You can't be in this space anymore where you commune with God in this way. We need to send you away from here. And Adam and Eve head east. Away from God, and we see the wise men coming back from the East to be with God incarnate, God in the flesh. It's this beautiful image of reconciliation and restoration. So we see these outsiders, these others the dirty and the unclean and the not-good-enough. And we see them gathered around with this poor, young couple, who themselves will be migrants and refugees in the coming days and weeks. And we see them gathered around this feeding trough surrounded by animals together sharing this moment where God is with them in the most beautiful and vulnerable way. What a beautiful space to be part of. What a beautiful community to be part of. And we are called to create community. what church is. We're family. We are there for each other. it's difficult in this many, you know, 300, 400, however many people there are in this church, 500, whatever it is, it's difficult, which is why we have small groups and so we have community. But this is community. There is space here for each other. And it's really interesting, you know, these people that gathered around as Jesus came into flesh were not the same. They were not like each other in any way imaginable rich and poor, local and foreign, Jewish and Gentile. They were not like each other in any way, and they shared this space, and they shared this community, and they shared this moment. What does it look like for us to be community? Alan's already talked about how we might be this week. We are sharing space this morning with people who voted differently to us. We are sharing space this morning with people who have different feelings about this week. And as Alan says, some might be really angry and some might be really excited. Some might be really relieved. Some might be, well I don't really like any of the options so none of it is very good. Like, I, don't know how, I don't know where you're at with it. But in a world where we seem to increasingly just be with the people who are like us and who think like us and who agree with us, isn't it exciting to be able to share space? and be in community with people who are other than us. I've seen some things on social media this week where it's been like, if you voted this way, I can't speak to you. I can't understand why anyone would vote for this, or anyone would vote for that, or whatever it might be. Let me just say, if you can't imagine how anyone could vote any differently from you, that is a total failure of imagination. We have to be better than that. We have to be better than that. We get to share space with each other. Isn't it beautiful that we get to share this space? We share this community. And we, our love transcends our differences. So we get to hear each other and listen to each other and empathise with each other. Empathy. Isn't that a nice idea? Let's empathise with each other. But there's something else that we get to do as church, as people who create community and who curate community. We get to include people and we get to serve our community. We get to bless our community. Again, I saw some posts this week that were going, oh, well, if you voted for this or if you voted for conservatives or if you voted for Brexit, whatever, well, now you've got some work to do. Because now it's all going to happen, and now you need to make sure all the things that you promised happen. I was like, no, I have no time for that. We've all got work to do. Because this is our community. And actually, whoever wins the election, there are people in our community who are hungry. There are people in our community who are lonely. There are people in our community who are in need. We all have work to do to build and create and curate community? What does it look like for us to invite our neighbor around or go and visit them? What does it look like for us to volunteer for a shift at the food bank or ju- volunteer to be a volunteer and a mentor of you know, a family? Or what does it look like for us to take some time to listen to the person at the desk next to us at work? What does it look like for us to be people who forgive? Who's that person this Christmas that maybe you've not spoken to for too long because they annoyed you or they upset you or they offended you or whatever it might be? What does it look like for us to be the people who forgive? Maybe even pick up the phone. We are people who are called to curate and create community. This is who we are as children of God. This is what we do. To spend time with the other. To sit alongside the people who are so different to us and find common ground in looking into the face of Jesus together. This is what we see going on in this nativity scene. And this story, as I've already said, is about hope. We are called to create and curate hope. In a world that is obsessed by instant gratification and the immediacy of everything. Hope is a long-term perspective. Hope isn't an immediate thing. And we carry hope because we see ourselves as part of this bigger story where all things are reconciled in Christ and through Christ. Where because of Christ in this manger, Christ in this feeding trough, because Christ with us. Amongst us, part of us. You know, God isn't a God who sits at a distance critiquing us. God, in this story, is revealed to be a God who is with us and amongst us. Who has total empathy with us. Who has total love for us. Who is profoundly with us and so we are people of hope because we see a bigger story going on we see that this is all headed towards something better and some days may feel darker and some days may feel brighter but we are people of hope and we get to curate hope and we get to create hope amongst those people amongst us and in our community for whom hope is elusive. Sometimes we hold hope for people until they can hold it for themselves. We share the journey and we walk alongside and we love and we pick them up and we cheer them on and we serve them and we love them and we carry hope for them until they have enough strength to carry it for themselves. That's what it means to create and curate hope. Sharing life, being amongst, creating and curating community, and creating and curating space. In this world where our diaries are full, and if they're not, as a problem. In this world where if we have any downtime, we will fill it with screen time. What does it look like for us to create space? What does it look like for us to create physical space? To make room for people in our homes, in our church building, in our communities? What does it look like for us to be people who make space? What does it look like for us to be people who make space in our own lives? You know, God said something to me I felt in about 18 months ago, maybe approaching two years now. And God said, Adam, you're really good at getting stuff done. You're really good at making things happen. Spend less time doing things for me and spend more time creating space in which I can do things. What does it look like for us to spend less time doing things for God and to spend more time creating space within which God can do things? In our lives, in our gatherings, in our our small groups, in our businesses. In our jobs, in our colleges, what does it look like for us to be people who create space within which God can do things? To be people who are prepared to be surprised by God. It's really easy to run lots of projects. I'll say it's easy. It's not easy, but it's pretty easy to run lots of projects. Some of us find it easy, and others. But um, in some ways, it's easy to do that stuff, and that's just really important. What does it look like to make space here for more people to see what God does? What does it look like to make space in our lives, to create space and to curate space and see what God does with it? You know, the innkeeper in the middle of his business was awake enough to see what God was doing and to make space for God to do something. I don't know how many of us, when we think of the Christmas story, our focus is that we want to be like the innkeeper. Maybe we want to be like Joseph, maybe we want to be like Mary, maybe we want to be like Jesus, maybe we want to be like the wise man. I don't know who you want to be like, but I don't know how many of us are kind of going, oh, I want to be the innkeeper. When my kids were little, it was never the innkeeper that they wanted to be, particularly. I think Zachary was a donkey seller, wasn't he? That was a big, he was excited about that role. Um, But maybe we should all be a bit more innkeeper. How do we create space for God? And how do we create that space? And see what God does. When you're walking down the street, Have your ears open to what God wants to say, who He wants to talk to you about. In your days, create and curate time where you're in the presence of God and you're making space to see what God does. And as it says in the Bible, let's not give up meeting with each other, but let's spur one another on. Let's be in community with each other. Let's serve our community in increasingly inventive and creat- in creative ways. But let God always be at the center of what we do and who we are. Amen. Amen.